It is not a question of if, but one of who and to what extent. It's not a question of if we will imitate someone. It's a question of who we will imitate and to what extent we'll imitate them. We can see this from the beginning of life. Little children, little babies, learn to imitate their parents' facial expressions. It's not a question of if it's going to happen. It's a question for the parents, especially, of who they will imitate and to what extent. And it's the joy of every parent to see their little children start to copy, start to smile when they're smiled at, start to frown when they're frowned at, even start to stick out their little lip when mom and dad do it to them first. Little children copy their parents. And it's the joy of parents, not just when they're babies, not just when they're small, but as they grow, to see sons and daughters copying mom and dad. It's a joy, but it's also a little bit kind of scary. Because what parents quickly realize is that their children are going to copy them. They are going to imitate them. It's not a question of if, remember. It's a question of who and to what extent. And parents quickly realize that their children will copy them to a very great extent. That means both the good and it means the not so good. And so every parent in this room has thought to him or herself, Who taught them to say that? Who taught them to be like that and then realized very quickly, oh, I'm the man. It was me. It's not a question of if, it's a question of who and to what extent. And that doesn't ever actually really ever stop. It's not just something with little children. It's something that continues to happen in your life. As you grow, perhaps you don't simply copy mom and dad's facial expressions or the way they walk or the way they talk, but you take for yourself different role models. Maybe it was a teacher for you. Maybe it was a friend. Maybe it was an older brother, or maybe it was some kind of a sports figure or someone who you looked up to, who you wanted to pattern yourself off of. Remember, it's never a question of if we will imitate. It's always a question of who we will imitate and to what extent. Man was made this way. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, remember what it was he said? Come, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. So he created them. Male and female created he them in his image and after his likeness. And from the beginning, it was to be man's duty and man's delight. It was Adam and Eve's great joy to see what their father in heaven had done on earth and to copy him. So when God sent them out into the world, he gave them this command, be fruitful and multiply. Well, who was the original one who was fruitful and who multiplied? It was the creator. Be fruitful and multiply, God said, just like me. Be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth and have dominion over it just as I have dominion. It wasn't a question of if Adam and Eve would do that. It was a question, it was a question of who they would imitate, and to what extent. Man is an imitator. That's true of our babies, that's true of our toddlers, that's true of our young men and women, and it is also true of those who are older. It never really stops. We take to ourselves role models and coaches and teachers. We look up to men and women, and we pattern our life after them. And what we hear Jesus calling us to today is this. Nothing short of this. Be imitators of God. 
Now, that might kind of sound, I don't know, that, I don't know how that strikes your ears. When I was a kid, everything in my world was sports. And if you came into my room when I was a boy, you would have seen all around the wall, all of my role models, all of my great heroes. There would be posters all over the place. It was my goal to paper over the entire room with Alex Rodriguez, with Ken Griffey Jr., with Randy, jo I was a, a Seattle Mariners fan of all things, to paper my room with these guys who I looked up to. And could you imagine the joy in a little boy's face? Could you imagine the joy that I would have had if one of those men said to me, all right, come and be like me? Isn't that what Jesus says to us this morning? Come and be like me. Come and be like me. Be imitators of your Father, Jesus says. Be merciful, even as your Father in heaven is merciful. See, what Jesus is calling us to today, what he is summoning us to, is something far better than Alex Rodriguez saying to a little boy, let me teach you how to hit a baseball. What Jesus is summoning you today to is something far better than the greatest trumpet player in the world saying, come and let me teach you how to play the trumpet. What Jesus is calling you today, what he calls all of his disciples to, is nothing short of this, to be like him. And if you hear that as some kind of, uh, I don't know, some kind of a hard thing to do, then you're not hearing it right. Jesus is not saying, you know, here's something awful that you have to do. Here's some miserable command, some miserable mission that you've got to do. No, Jesus is graciously extending to you this morning this invitation to be like him, to be a son of God, to be a son of the Most High. Now, Jesus had been going about throughout all of Galilee before he spoke these words in Luke's gospel, and everywhere he went, he was performing great signs and wonders, and everybody was marveling, everyone was amazed at this man from Nazareth. Everybody wanted to go and follow Jesus and see what he would do. And this is part of his first kind of inaugural sermon. In the gospel of Matthew, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. In the Gospel of Luke, it says that he spoke on a plain, that is on a flat land. It's the Sermon on the Plain. And you can put yourself in the shoes of those hearers who've heard a lot about Jesus, who've heard of the signs and wonders he's done, who've heard how he's healed all kinds of people, but he hasn't yet made his message clear. You can imagine that those who had been there in the beginning must have wanted to hear, what's he going to say? What is this man's message to the world? Well, here is the message of Jesus to the world. Here is his message then, and here is his message now. Come and be like me. Come and become a son of God that is an heir of your heavenly Father. Come and be a child of the Most High. That's what the angel had told Mary in the beginning that Jesus would be. Remember how the angel Gabriel came to the Virgin Mary and how he greeted her with that strange greeting, blessed are you among women, and she tried to figure out what does this mean? And he said, you will be pregnant and the child that is in your womb shall be called great, the son of the most high. Well, what Jesus is by nature, the son of God, he says to you now today that you are to become by his grace. Let me repeat that because I think it's essential to understanding all of Christ's teaching and all of the Christian life. What Jesus is by nature, the Son of the Most High, every Christian is to become by his grace. 
You are meant for nothing short of this. You are not meant to toil away in your life of, I don't know, whether it's a great life or a sad one. You are not simply meant to pass through this world and be forgotten. No, you are created to be in the image of God. And Jesus came to extend this gracious call to all who will believe, to come and be like him, to be a son of the Most High. Being a son of the Most High is Jesus' gift, and becoming what he has made you to be is your calling in this world. Nothing short of that will do for Jesus, and you should mark it in your mind that nothing short of that will do for you either. Do not settle for some lesser mission in the world. Do not settle, settle for some lesser calling. There's all kinds of people who do that, by the way, aren't there? There's all kinds of those who pursue just earthly goals. They pursue earthly means. They pursue earthly callings with great desire, with great devotion, with great zeal. Jesus calls you to something even greater than having a lot of money. Jesus calls you to something even greater than having a great career. Jesus calls you to something far better, far better than anything that this world could offer. He calls you to be a child of the Father. That's his gift, that being, being a son of God, being a daughter of God. But that's also your duty to become what Jesus has made you to be. Jesus' teaching on being a disciple is first and foremost this. It is a gift. It is a gift of being. And from that being flows all of the doings, all of the things that we are to do or to avoid. This is what we mean when we talk about what happens in holy baptism. In holy baptism, God the Holy Spirit is poured out on a child. God the Holy Spirit is poured out on an adult. And that Spirit of God makes a person a son of God. It says in the epistle to the Galatians that God has given the spirit of adoption to you so that you may call out to God as your father. Think of the gift of that. You have been made a son. You have been made a daughter of God. He doesn't treat you as a slave. He doesn't call you to be a servant in the house. But what did we hear last week? The father runs to his prodigal children and he brings them into the house. And what God has made you through holy baptism, he now calls you to grow up into. What you are, you must become. Being is the gift, and becoming is your duty, is your calling. This is the baptismal call that echoes through every page of Scripture. Become who God has made you to be. What that means is that first and foremost, you have to identify yourself this way. Do not identify yourself with the stories of the world. Do not identify yourself with the callings of the world, but identify yourself how Jesus identifies you as sons and daughters of God. Now, there's a lot of talk in our world about people's identity, right? People talk about how they identify this way or that way, but as Christians, we identify God's way. We identify ourselves as his sons and daughters. We do not identify ourselves with our fallen passions. We do not say, this is who I am. Could you imagine a thief who just said to to someone, well, this is who God made me to be. He made me to be covetous. He made me to be greedy. It's who I am. Dear friends, you are not to identify yourself with the fallen sinful passions, but learn to identify yourself the way God has identified you, with his grace 
In the waters of holy baptism, God gives you this identity, to be a son of the heavenly father. He pours out on you the spirit of adoption, bringing you into his family, forgiving you of your sins, and saying to you now, you are mine. You are mine. Live as my son. Live as my daughter in this world. That's why we always sing that hymn when we have a baptism on Sunday mornings. Have you noticed that? God's own child, I gladly say it, I am baptized into Christ. Your baptism into Christ Jesus always stands that way as a present reality. It's not something that happened to you long ago that you got over and moved on to something else. It's about who you are. I am baptized. You know what it's like? It's like marriage. If someone asked you, and you are married, let's assume that you're married. If someone asked you, hey, you know what? Are you married? You would never say, well, I was. You got married long ago, but that thing that happened to you long ago continues to influence you. I am married, not I was. I am baptized, not I was. This is the calling that Christ Jesus has put on your life, and it is not some kind of an awful, terrible thing to be avoided, to be put off for some other time, but it is his gracious summons to you today, now, to become who God has made you to be. So forget about all the other identities in the world. They're all confused. Identify yourself the way Christ Jesus does. Learn his story. Learn the story of God's grace and see your place in that story. See your place in that story so that you may live up to this calling and to nothing short of this calling, to be a son and daughter of the Heavenly Father. That's the call to being a Christian. That's the baptismal call that Christ Jesus has given to all who are baptized in his name. It is the gift of being God's child, and it is the command to become more and more what you are. Remember, it's not a question of if, it's a question of who and to what extent. You've heard Christ Jesus' teaching this morning on what the Heavenly Father is like. And the reason that Christ Jesus teaches us that the Father is merciful, that the Father is forgiving, that the Father is gracious and generous, is not just so that we can have in our minds kind of an abstract idea about God. No, Christ Jesus came into this world to reveal the heart of the Heavenly Father to you so that you also may become like that. Be merciful. Jesus says, as your heavenly father is merciful. What a gift to be able to call God your father. What a gift it is to be a Christian. What a gift it is to be a child of God. How could we ever pass that off and say, well, I don't really care that much about it. I'm a Christian, but I'm not really that interested in it. I'm kind of part Christian, part time. You know, I'm part time status. I'm semi-retired from the Christian life. No, dear friends, you cannot retire from being a Christian. You cannot get over it. You cannot be done with it. You can never be too much of it. That would be like saying, I'm too much a son of my father. I'm too much an imitator of God. No, be merciful, even as your father in heaven is merciful. Be gracious as he is gracious. Do not be judgmental as he is not judgmental. Do not be condemnatory as he is not condemnatory, but be forgiving as he is forgiving. Be generous as he is generous. Now, that one verse that you heard in there, judge not, is the one that the world around us has kind of latched onto. People might not know any other passage of the Bible, but they know this. Somewhere in that book, Jesus said, don't judge, right? 
So don't judge me. But remember, Jesus is the son of the Most High. Jesus is the exact imprint of his father. He is the perfect image. And so if we want to know what it really means to judge not, well then look at how Jesus lived his life. When Jesus teaches us to not judge, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't recognize good from evil. It doesn't mean that you should never realize there is such a thing as righteousness and unrighteousness. There is such a thing as sin. Jesus recognized sin around him all the time, and he avoided it. Jesus pointed out to others where they had sinned. He called others to repentance. But what Jesus means when he says, judge not, is this that that is not the only message that we are to give to the world. Yes, we should recognize sin. Yes, we should recognize evil. Yes, we should recognize the darkness and run away from it. But we are not simply sent into the world to point out everybody's problems. Ah, see, here's your five problems. Let me list them for you. Oh, and you over there, you have 10 problems. Let me tell you what they are. And you in the way back, you've got 25. And you in the way back, well... The list goes on and on. That is not the calling of sons of God, to go out into the world and to point out everyone's faults, to stick your finger in everyone's eye. No, we are sent into the world as messengers, yes, of sin, and as callers to repentance, but as messengers even more of God's grace. Yes, there is sin in the world. Yes, there is evil in the world, and it must be pointed out and called what it is. But that's not the only message that sons of the Most High go into the world with. You go into the world with that message of repentance and also the message of forgiveness, that message of grace. So do not be simply one-trick ponies. Don't be judgmental only, but learn how to call a thing what it is, how to point out sin, and also how to offer grace, how to forgive those who sin against you. Give, and it will be given to you. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. And what you will find as you do that is that you can never actually match your heavenly Father. See, here's the wonderful thing. As much as we are called to be imitators of him and to grow up into him and to pattern ourselves more and more and more after him, what does Jesus say? He says that God the Father will always be more gracious to you. He will always be more forgiving to you. He will always be more generous than you could ever imagine. Give, and it will be given back to you. By whom? By your heavenly Father. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. God the Father, it's like this. He's going to shake up his can of grace. He's going to put it in your lap. He's going to crack it open. It's going to spill everywhere. What is Jesus saying there but this, that as much as you may be forgiving and kind and loving and gracious in this world, you can never match your heavenly Father's grace. And that is our joy. That as much as he says to us, come and be like me, come and grow up into me, as much as he gives his spirit to begin that work in us now, so he will always be more. He will always be greater. He will always be more merciful than we could ever, ever grow up into. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given back to you by your heavenly Father. Today, Jesus teaches us what it means to be sons of the Most High. Today, Jesus stands before us in our assembly this morning, and he says to us, nothing less than this, come and be like me. Come and be like me, and where you fall short... (laughs) I've got to put this uh, rope underneath here. 
Where you fall short, he will give his grace to supply what you lack. Where you need, where you are lacking, learn to pray to him who calls you to come and be like him. Because if he calls you to this, mark this well, if he calls you to this, it will be his great joy to give you, to give you his spirit so that you may become what he has made you to be. It's not a question of if, it's a question of who. Imitate your heavenly father. And to what extent? More and more and more. To Christ be the glory now and forever. Amen.